Trophy Kids, we are back for the AFC North Divisional Breakdown. We are very excited to bring this to you. I do apologize ahead of time for the audio issues. We had some issues there. We are going to have it fixed. We understood what happened and are fixing it for the next one, but I do apologize for this one. I hope you still hang in there and listen, though, because there's a lot of really good content in there, especially if you're planning to bet this division moving forward this year. So let's go. <laughs> Welcome to Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is August 6th, and we are back for another divisional breakdown. How are you doing today, good sir? I am great. Happy weekend to you. Oh, it's a beautiful time. You know what does suck, though, about summer? It's the one thing that really just really puts a, a damper on my day. Mm-hmm. When you go to the store and you pick yourself up a nice watermelon for the weekend, and you come home and you slice it, and it just stinks stinks to high heaven like i the amount of watermelon i house i would think i'd get better at picking but i did it today on the way home from work most disappointing day of my by far yeah it, it is a bit of a dagger especially on these hot summer days you'll want some refreshing watermelon maybe a pineapple and if you don't get a quality fruit it it, it sucks. sucks yeah it sucks. like i'm not going back to the store and there that hmm. not gonna have that this weekend i guess nope you're you're just you're shit out of luck shit out of luck well, yeah Let's talk about some teams in the AFC North who might be shit out of luck this year. But one team that's coming in with very high expectations. We are going to start with the team that made it to the Super Bowl last year, won the whole AFC to many people's surprise, and that is the Mm -hmm. Cincinnati Bengals. They are coming in with an over-under total right now of 9.5. They went 10-7 and last season. Things have changed dramatically for them. The pressure is on. Last year, they were underdogs coming into the season in 15 of 17 games. This year, they are projected to be an underdog in only three. How do you see the Cincinnati Bengals coming off what was to many a shocking but exciting season? I mean, it's so funny, like, doing this breakdown this summer compared to last summer and just how much we just crushed the Bengals going in. I mean... I'm still kind of riding the high. I think I, I like this team again this season. I like them in this division. Um, I like what they did in the off season. They addressed some big needs, especially along the offensive line. Um, they brought in Hayden Hurst, who is, I mean, he's kind of been a first round bust so far, but we'll see. You never know. He's still young. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like what they did. Um, one thing I kind of concerns me about the team, maybe a little bit, the running game is kind of like Joe Mixon or bust. It, it's really totally reliant on Joe Mixon. Um, it, you know, Samaj P. Ryan here and there, but no, nah, I mean, it's, it's, it's Mixon or nothing. And so you really rely on his health there. And then I always have to bring up your favorite, the Zach Taylor factor. I know they went to a Super Bowl, but you never know. <laughs> oh, I am not, as we are well documented on this show, I am not a Zach Taylor fan. I think he, uh, he outkicked his coverage on a big one last year. Um, Probably a lot, but I, I think you hit a lot of key, key points. Um, this team understood the assignment in the offseason. They went out, they upgraded that offensive line. They went out and signed three new offensive linemen. Alex Kappa coming over from my Bucks. You got Leo Collins coming on over and Ted Karras. You do pick up two tight ends because you do lose CJ Huzmanzada, which is a huge loss. Did I just yeah. call him CJ Huzmanzada? Yeah, yeah, I think you brought back Huzmanzada. I think the Bengals fan will love the, the throwback there, though. Yes. <laughs> Great player back in his day. Um, 
But you lose him, you pick up Hayden Hirsch, you get Thaddeus Moss, who has been underwhelming to say the best. But yeah. um, who knows? Maybe he's got some football in him. Hirsch is a good football player, quality player, but yeah, not, right. not living up to that expectation. But it is the Zach Taylor concerns what that offensive line improvements are going to be because they have to. Surprising fact about the Bengals I learned in my research. Mm-hmm. You want to guess how in ranking-wise of the 30 teams, what the Bengals running back room costs Nixon three 3.1 million oh I was gonna go they are the third most expensive back are they really or well, running back was Nixon under a huge deal yep his cap oh, I hit remember. is 11.4 million this year fourth uh-huh. most expensive in running backs they also have P Ryan on a 1.8 million 40th most expensive and a handful of other running backs totaling 17.2 million in a cap charge for 2022 that is surprising considering i mean it's, it's literally mixing yes oh a hundred percent now part of that is that you know we'll see what the offensive line upgrades help because the offensive line last year stunk and when it came to running backs getting hit back in the backfield even i was surprised at how bad it was out of the 100 or 108 running backs with at least 15 attempts the Bengals running backs ranked first seventh 28th and 47th in percentage of runs that were contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage. Chris Evans, 65% of his runs, that was first. Seventh was Samaj J. Pirine, 58% of his runs. 28th, Joe Mixon at 49% of his runs. And Trayvon Williams, 47% of his runs. The league average was 45. So That's unbelievable. Not great. They were also 30th in uh, pass block win rate and allowed mm-hmm. the second most sacks per quarterback drop only team worse was the Chicago Bears. So the offensive line improvement was yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, you got to hope that that offensive line will certainly increase those numbers. And then, I mean, they easily, I'd have to say in the NFL, they have the best, maybe not the best duo at wide receiver, but the best trio at wide receiver. I, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And I've already, I think I talked about last year, I think Tyler Boyd is just, the most amazing wide receiver to ever play just that he's just totally okay which is basically him getting completely demoted but he's totally fine with it just completely good sport about it it's unbelievable absolutely balling i mean speaking of those days it's sort of like the chad johnson um tj Huzmanzada, and chris henry may he yep. rest in peace type mm-hmm. of situation there where the wide receiver room is just loaded i mean this team is this is one thing hand up i got it wrong not completely wrong Suell is doing perfectly fine with the lines, but I, I was wrong. Jamar Chase was the absolute right pick here. What he did in transforming this offense explosively was off the charts. And I think even more importantly is those good old yak status we like to look at because he was only behind Debo Samuel with wide receivers that had at least 60 receptions in yak last season. And that I think is going to be the most important because they did not see a ton of too, too, safe, too high safety shell game. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Chiefs see, the Chargers see a lot of hot. Tampa sees a lot of high up. I do think they're going to get a lot more of that this year. So the running back room has to step up. Wide receivers have to step up. And Jamar Chase and the other wide receivers are working underneath all have to step up. Yep, agreed. And, I mean, like you said, Chase, just anytime he gets the ball behind the line of scrimmage, 40 yards downfield, doesn't matter. He's a threat to score. Um, I like the over nine and a half. I, I, you're giving me nine and a half. I, I got to go over. Yeah. And the schedule isn't too bad. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they play my NFC South, which outside the Bucks, 
we're going to talk about that league down the road, but I mean, all of those games are winnable for the Bengals. Yeah. Um, their division, we're going to go through here. Goods and cons and pros to a lot of teams. Yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable. I liked what they did in the draft. Once again, it comes down to, to the coaching and whether Zach Taylor continues to be predictable as hell, um, continues to do mind-baffling things at times. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And if the O-line improvements do improve, because we all watched that Super Bowl, and if that O-line had just did its job to 60% of its ability. Yeah. Rams aren't winning that Super Bowl, especially on that last play. But yeah, I think it's well doable. I don't think I'm going to take anything right now because I, I want to see how training camp develops and all that. But Zach Taylor, mm-hmm. he's my he's my eye to watch in his play calling because well documented, not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to another team, though. A team that last year had arguably maybe the worst injury luck I think I've ever seen. In the Baltimore Ravens. This team was decimated by injuries. They opened the season at nine and a half over under. It has moved down from 10 and a half. They were eight and nine last season. But when you look at the totality of their injuries, they dealt with Gus Edwards, Justin Hill, back to back days the week before the start of the season injured. Ronnie Stanley left tackle injured. Nick Boyles goes down before the season starts. You lost Marcus Peters. You lost Chris Wesley. Um, Derek Wolf, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, the secondary, Derek Wolf is obviously not the secondary, but the entire secondary decimated. I mean, they were trying to pull dudes off the street at points in this season to play in that secondary, completely decimated by injuries. And yet, heading in December, they were the number one seed. Now, the wheels fell off the bus at the end of the year, but they were. So, oh, yeah. a healthy Baltimore Ravens team coming into this season, how do you see? Do they still have the same type of injury luck? Do you think they gel well? What, what are your how do you kind of see this Ravens season playing out? I mean, you can't imagine it's going to be as bad as it was last year. I, I don't even, I mean, there were so many people you named. I don't even know. I don't even think I heard J.K. Dobbins on there. J.K. Dobbins went yep. down too. I mean, it was just crazy. That was they just had no running back. <laughs> I mean, they had no running backs other than their quarterback, which is going to anger a lot of people that I said that, but that's just fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I mean, the Ravens are a team that like, I always look at them and I'm like, they're kind of, boring other than Lamar of course and they're kind of boring but what they do is they win Lamar Jackson wins football games he's 37 and 12 as a starter I mean it's it you can't you can't doubt them even if you kind of want to even when you're looking at the offense which outside of Jackson you know Dobbins Edwards and Mark Andrews it's not too intimidating you really are putting a lot of pressure on Bateman to step up um yeah one thing I will say about it is, you know, the schedule starts out pretty daunting, um, but then the second half of the schedule is just a breeze. So, I mean, I kind of like how that works out, especially because in the beginning of the season, you know, teams, you never really know what's going to happen. So you kind of want those tough games early. So if they go out and they go, you know, 500 through their first eight, nine, well, not nine, but eight games. I like them on the second half of that easy schedule. So, I mean, what are they at? Nine and a half, you said? Nine and a half, yep. Whew. I don't know if I like them. Move down from ten and a half. Open the season at ten and a half. At, ten and a half. Oh, no, sorry. Oh it opened at nine and a half. It's moved to ten uh, and a half. I apologize. I flipped it. It's at ten and a half right now. It's at ten and a half? Okay, I'm under. Yeah, That's it crazy. opened nine and a half. <laughs> it flipped to ten and a half. My bad. I'm all over the place there. It's okay. at ten and a half right now. Yeah, I mean, you give me 10 and a half now. I mean, I know I just kind of hyped up the team, but 10 and a half, I mean, they need to go 11 and six now. I mean, 
I, I don't see that, but I do actually like them as a team. And I think that is kind of a favorable, favorable schedule, just how that whole thing lines up. Yeah. I mean, it's a very good team. I mean, the defense is going to be night and day difference just from a health mm-hmm. perspective and Lamar, I didn't even mention Lamar in those injuries for the first time in his NFL career, he was really battling sickness and injury. I mean, right. shouldn't say sickness. The dude's sick like every year, but injuries for sure. And in four seasons, he's only missed a total of four games due to injuries. All of those mm-hmm. were last year. That ankle was the, the primary thing that was messing with him. So he's been relatively healthy. But the thing that I think I'm just flabbergasted on is the Ravens unwillingness or inability or whatever it is to provide this man with some type of wide receiver help. Since he has been there, they have spent the second least amount of money at the wide receiver position in the entirety of the NFL. The only team to spend less was the Steelers who have arguably the greatest scouting department wide receiver room in the history of the NFL or something. I don't know. They just turn out studs all the time. So the only team spending less is the team that gets great value in the draft since Lamar has been there. It, it baffles the mind. Um, and I think Hollywood Brown, you know, losing him isn't like this crazy detriment. Um, I think he's pretty overrated um, for the most part. Yeah. Still a good, a decent player, but right. it's a little overhyped there when you look it down. So it's going to be an interesting season. The weapons are the, the part that you just look yeah. at that offense and you're just like, who is he going to throw it to other than Mark Andrews? And the Ravens have kind of, I mean, other than, you know, maybe like Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, they kind of made their existence off of this. They just don't bring in these, they don't bring in like stud wide receivers. And it's, it's very bizarre, but I mean, they're, they're a successful franchise, but it's, just, it's bizarre. Yeah, they do everything else great. I mean, yeah. their two draft picks in Kyle Hamilton and Lindenbaum are probably going to be Hall of Famers when it's all said and done, because that's just probably. what they do. Like they just draft fantastic players at like yep. the meat and potato positions, but for whatever reason, they can't bring in anybody. And the people they do bring in are like way past their prime, like Des Bryant. Like what are we doing now? Bateman, I think is a solid option, but there isn't a true one in one primary one wide receiver. And that makes it very difficult for me to say the over at 10 and a half in the NFL has value. Like I'm just staying away from it, but I do think they're going to be a good football team. I think they're going to win games. I just have a lot of concerns. Then again, I mean, Lamar won his MVP with, virtually nobody at wide receiver eight too so the dude can shred yeah he can it's just you get worried about just you know if he does have if he does have to throw it i mean we know he can throw the ball just who's he gonna throw it to like and people blame his accuracy issues and all this stuff and i was like all right we'll give him a number one guy and let's see if it changed like there right. are guys in free agency you haven't spent a nickel at that price point and you've had the guy on a rookie deal like what are we doing yeah <laughs> don't get it yeah, unreal. All right. That's the Ravens. I don't have a lot because they are, they're just a solid, they're going to be a solid yeah. football team. They're going to win games that they're supposed to win. They're going to probably be in games that are, you know, they should be in. And then some games will be coin flips. Like they're just, I don't know. That's not an elegant way to put it, but they're just a very solid football team, like you said. Right. Let's talk about a team that is currently in an absolute dumpster fire of a PR situation <laughs> and just said, screw morals. I mean, it is the NFL, so I guess we can't be too shocked here. But we are talking about the Cleveland Browns, who went eight and nine last season. They're over under sits at eight and a half. The Deshaun Watson news came out this week, or was it this? Yeah, this week. God, this week's yeah. been long. 
that yep. he's only going to be suspended for six games as of now. Then the NFL is appealing that after the judge found that he did have predatory habits, but they were nonviolent sexual crimes. I don't know how you judge six games off of a man who has money, wealth, and power and is physically daunting, imposing his will in a sexual assault manner, but that's apparently six games. Um, that is the franchise. They wanted an adult in the room and they chose Deshaun Watson, um, who just seems like a scumbag of a dude. But that is my take on the situation. But we got to talk <laughs> football team. I, I'm going to give you time if you want to say much on it as well. But this is the Browns. Their season's a little muddy now because we don't know exactly who we're going to get, when we're going to get them at quarterback and what that's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to predict on this team and yeah I mean like you said about Deshaun interesting decision to bring him in when they did um a lot of money fully guaranteed um whatever <laughs> it's also the team that you know paid David and Joku like he's had good seasons in the NFL I, I I don't know what this team is doing really um but anyways so they'll have Brissett for six games at least who knows maybe the whole season um Brissett has, you know, as we know, a lot of experience in the NFL. He pretty much ends up playing no matter where he goes. But recently, and last year in particular, Miami, it wasn't it wasn't too pretty. Um, he turns the ball over a good bit. He fumbles a lot. Um, but for a backup, he is who we want. And how the schedule looks, if you are going to lose those six games without Deshaun, I mean, you you're kind of like it how the schedule looks without him. You got Carolina, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers. Patriots and then he's back for the the Ravens and then after that though I mean it's like welcome back to Sean because I mean he's got Ravens Bengals Dolphins who I think are going to be good Bills and then your Bucks and you got to expect him to have some rust so I, I think it's going to be kind of a dumpster fire year for the Browns I know they still have talent they still have that running back duo they brought in Amari Cooper they have talent on offense and Deshaun will have his good games but there's just going to be rust and I don't see a good season for this team yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Which, you know, karma's a bitch, and I do believe in karma here a little bit. Um, I am a little bit oh. salty over Baker, and we'll talk about Baker with Carolina. Not that he was some like all pro world quarterback, but I do think they gave him a raw deal last year in the way they handled it, which we'll get into here. But this is a team which I think the most shocking thing about the Deshaun thing, because you knew it was coming was windows in the NFL close so fast. And this team is primed right now to make a run. And when Baker was healthy the year prior, showed that they could be extremely competitive in doing that. Some other pieces need to fall in place. But this this team vaguely reminds me of, what was it, 2017 Jaguars, where like the team made it to the AFC Championship. They didn't have like the guy at quarterback. He was like just mm -hmm. good enough to get it done in Borles, but they had... You know, Jalen Ramsey, Clayus Campbell, Allen Robinson, like they were up there competing. And then just like that, done, done. <laughs> and that's the way the NFL goes. And since uh, in the NFL, no team, only one team since 1994 has won a Super Bowl with a quarterback taking up more than 13% of their cap. And that was Steve Young. Wow. Um, and Deshaun's going to take up well above that. So it's not great. Um and I just, with the Browns, it was weird last year. They they left me head scratching a lot. You brought up David uh, David and Joku, who's they spent a ton of money on, but they didn't run 
a ton of like two tight end sets. They went down like in 2020, first year of Kevin Stefanski, they ran 251 pass plays with two tight ends on the field. Last season, that dropped to 165, which is odd for two reasons, because your tight end room is, um, you went out and got Austin Hooper, you have David, you got Harrison Bryant, and two, Baker is, like, his numbers are way different when there's two tight ends on the field in a positive direction than when they're not. Like, it's completely night and day different. So that drop felt really weird. Yeah, I mean, there was a reason Beckham and Landry hated him. (laughs) He didn't throw the ball. (laughs) True, very true. But that's because he liked his tight end play. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I don't know why you dropped away from that in a way. Um, Right. Because that's your bed and brother. And then they also went, Stephen Fansky, like, way jacked up his shotgun numbers. They were 66% in 2020, jacked him up to 74% in 2021. Early downs, he was 65%, which was up from 55% the year before. Like, it felt like Kevin Stefanski, honestly, like, was like, you know what? We had a really successful in 2020. Let's do the exact opposite and not build on that in 2021. And, oh, yeah, our quarterback is barely walking out there with all his injuries but let's do nothing to help him. So it was kind of left me scratching. And that's why I'm like, I don't even know what we're going to get this year. I, I I don't know where Kevin Stefanski's at. Yeah. And maybe I know there was, I know I played Kareem Hunt missed quite a few games last year, but just remember they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt hand the ball off. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) What are we doing? Um, It's just, I don't know. The defense is going to be good. I I mean, you, you got miles Garrett. Clowney had somewhat of a resurrection last year. I mean, still not like a stud, but became right. more reliable of a pass rusher last season for them. Ward's really good in coverage. So it's a fine football team, but I just see this, like I think the Deshaun Watson move when it's all said and done is just going to be looked at as like, that was the downfall. Like the Browns had this moment where you're like, Oh my God, the Browns are going to be the Browns anymore. And then they just flipped right back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played a live football game in you know a season and a half. It's been a long time, like since 2020. It was a long time ago. And if that six-game suspension, like you said, sticks, and he comes back. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to the NFL. Not only do I think there's a few guys that may put a little extra mustard on a hit here and there this season, uh, but I mean, and that was the thing that I think a lot of people noticed was like, this kind of smells fishy. The schedule is a piece of cake. I think it's the easiest schedule in the NFL, like weeks one through six, and then immediately just a banger from there on out. Yeah, tough. (laughs) Tough. So, yeah, uh, I think the Browns are – they're heading in the wrong direction. Let's talk about another team that's banking on their future in the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a team that has been Mr. Consistent. This is a team that just wins all the time. They went from head uh, hall of fame head coach to another hall of fame head coach and Mike Tomlin, who is just an absolute ace. This man does not know how to lose. I mean, he has yet to have a losing season in Pittsburgh, but this season will test him more than any season to date. They open at their over under at seven and a half. They were nine and seven last year how do you see the pittsburgh steelers recovering from losing their cornerstone in ben roethlisberger in really a somewhat deteriorated team yeah i mean you pretty much described this team so well i mean they're they're like the ravens just a little better i mean like they're very similar the two organizations are so similar where it's just consistency well run long tenure at head coach like it's crazy 
Um, and it's hard for me as much as I want to say like they're done. I, I can't say it yet. Um, but one thing that we do know is it's a quarterback driven league. And even though Ben last year was not Ben, he still, you know, had the mind of Ben. So he kind of knew what, what to do and how to play and how to win. And I just, don't trust Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph or whoever is going to be starting a quarterback to really get the W's like Ben was getting, but you still got to like the pieces on the team. I mean, you, you got to imagine they're going to give Najee Harris as many carries as he can possibly handle. I mean, I love him in terms of fantasy this year. Um, they just resigned Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool is awesome. And then you look at the defense and then they just have names everywhere. But even though they had these names everywhere last year, you could run all over this team. Um, so you got to be a little concerned about that. You got to hope they kind of toughen up around there. But until I, I see them really fall off, I can't say they'll probably be a seven, eight win team. Maybe Mike Tomlin will finally not have a 500 or better record. If, if there's a year that's going to happen, I think it's this one because yeah. the biggest glaring concern is that offensive line. Um, yeah. Like the Ravens, they have really done nothing to address this problem. They've run the opposite direction. Ravens are like, we have a giant hole wide receiver. Let's ignore it. And uh, the Steelers have done the same with the O-line. The O-line last year was 31st in pass block win rate, 30th in run block uh, win rate. They were the third worst NFL team when it came to their running backs getting hit behind the line of contact for an average 0.88 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Um, That was third worst. And yet they faced almost zero, not zero. They faced seven man box, seven plus man boxes at a 52.9% rate league average is 73. So they didn't face heavy boxes and their running backs were still getting torn up in the backfield. They are going to face the projected face, the third toughest schedule of rush defense this year. So that is a very glaring concern now in their defense, because they brought back four of the five stars from last year, two of those guys we're rookies. So the idea that they are going to have some growth is there, but man, do they really need to have that? Because if they don't, it's right now the cheapest O-line in the NFL. Whoever they put back there, quarterback, is going to have a damn tough time getting the ball out, which I guess is the question. How do you handle that quarterback situation? Is this one where you know you say, hey, the offensive line is terrible or could be terrible. Let's just throw Mitch out there, not kill Kenny in the early part of the season, let them ease into it, maybe target like a later season entry. Mm-hmm. Or do you go, hey, this is Kenny's the future. We're starting him right away. Or we're opening it up to a complete battle in training camp. Best man wins with Kenny obviously eventually taking over. I, I like the idea of keeping Kenny on the bench for a little bit. Um, ideally, obviously, this didn't happen. Ideally, Kenny was drafted last year. And he could have watched Ben, you know, get rid of the ball in 0.5 seconds every single play. (laughs) (laughs) He had no other decision. Um, So, but yeah, I I think let Mitch go out there. Mitch is athletic. He can run around at least a little bit, you know, run for his life. Um, And then, you know, if the wheels start falling off, you know, late October, November time, you want to see what the rookies got, I'd throw him in there. But I, I don't think you could throw him out there right, right from the start. Just not, not for this team. I don't think the expectations are there. I'm with you. I, I think you you don't throw them. I mean, you're facing the Bengals right off the bat. Then you get Pats, Browns, Jets, Bills, Bucks. That's a tough three-game stretch of defenses that can get after you um, yeah. and are going to present some challenges. And so, you know, 
I'd maybe look for a smoother landing spot for him in his young career and not get him murdered. Um, but this is a team, like you said, that's going to run the ball a lot. I think, I mean, Matt Canada loves to run the ball, the offensive coordinator. They clearly prioritize that because last year when they had the opportunity to go draft the lineman early, they decided to get Najee Harris, who is a very quality back and, and has a, a bright future ahead of him, I think. But it's just like the, all signals load that, hey, defense is going to win us football games this year, which they have a great defense up front. I mean, very talented defense. Oh, yeah. Um, run the ball in just long-term development. I think this season is, hey, we're not winning at this all this season. Let's grow for the future type of deal. But yep. if you're willing to bet on Mike Tomlin's downfall, I think this is the year you might push your chips into the middle and say, this is the year he's going below 500 for the first time in his career. Yep, finally, I think, I think it'll finally happen. Yeah, which is one of the wildest stats in sports. To be coaching that long, what, 12 years, I think now? And he has yet to have a losing season in the NFL. I mean, mind-boggling. Yeah, this will be his 13th season. Or no, 15th. Sorry. He's been 15 years in the league. This will be his 16th season. Never had a losing season. I think Ron Rivera's had five out of the last six or losing seasons. (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) Absolutely crazy. All righty. That does it for our AFC North preview. Any uh, final notes before we wrap this up? Nothing major. I, I mean, other than the Bengals, I really don't like this division. I don't either. I, no. I, I think long-term, there's some hope here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got it. Before we leave, do you want to give your – are you ready to, to give the take as to uh, Lamar's future that you texted out the other oh. week? Oh, or do we want to hold that back? Gosh, I forgot even what I said. Oh, yeah. Oh, I personally think Lamar's going to Miami. That's just – it's perfect. Would be unbelievable. Could you imagine – Perfect. He goes Perfect. from the Ravens who have given him nothing at wide receiver to Tyreek Hill and Waddle out there. <laughs> he's a Florida guy himself. He's, he's, he's made for Miami. That would be unreal if that happened. I mean, the fact it's they just, haven't gotten a deal done yet is kind of like, what are you doing here, guys? <laughs> so much of it really just relies on Tua and what Tua does. Yeah. And it's just like if Tua is just like average, he's done. Oh. <laughs> With those weapons, he can't God. afford to be average. And we will exactly. talk about that, but yeah, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a division that th- there's potential here long-term, but outside of the Bengals, this season is yeah. going to be, it's going to be a very interesting one to see how it develops. Cause a lot of teams, there are some like really big glaring holes. That's like, I don't know how you make it through a 16 game schedule with these very glaring holes. Yep, and I think a lot of their games like against each other. I think there should be like just slugfest type of games. They're kind of boring, yeah. just slugfest type things. It's like Iowa versus Wisconsin every week. Yeah, just exactly. Slugfests. Yeah. All righty, that'll do it for us this week. And as always, peace.